Hey dude, Flix Anonymous. I don't know, it's just awesome. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man, 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 man. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Plan B is is just to keep on giving her. Like you, you work hard. That's what's happening. Is that a plan? Yeah, that's a plan right there. The guy opens his door and gets shot. You think that of me? No. I am the one who works. I know what you're thinking. I kind of lost track myself. Being this is a 44 Magnum. 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and you blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flicks Anonymous on the Cannabis Life Network, the TheLeagueOfManChildren.com, and the TheDailyHive.com. I'm Steve Stebbing. I'm Trevor Duick. And uh, this is episode 43 of... Uh, Flix Anonymous. I always feel stupid doing that. I'm Trevor. Do you ever think? I'm Steve Stebbing. I'm Trevor Duick. People should know by now. <laughs> Don't. Do you want your name to appear when you? <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Duick. That's a little <laughs> rainbow. Ah, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. You could be your own little brony. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is episode forty-three. Um, to continue our th- theme of wrestlers. Uh, be- why wrestling? Because I have a podcast called BS from the Turnbuckle, and Trevor was nice enough to let me uh, take a few episodes to uh, plug it, basically. This is the Raven episode. What about Raven? Remember Raven? Back in w- WCW. And ECW as well. ECW, that's right. Yeah, he had like the Raven's flock. Yeah. 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 And they're all like guys who like, they came out from like the crowd. Well, he was from the Bowery. Sat. That's what they always said. Raven was from the Bowery. That's that's like his point of origin type thing. Yeah. So yeah, they always come out in the ripped jeans, the flannel. They're basically the grunge era. They were totally <laughs> yeah. they're like total Seattle grunge era. They were. Guys. They should have been a lot tougher than they were, especially they were, in the era of NWO and they stuff like that. Got their ass kicked quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But Raven, he actually has a podcast himself too, wrestling podcast where he probably just asks, "What about Raven?" Yeah. You know. Quote the Raven Nevermore and all that other shtick he used to say. You enjoying the pro wrestling these days, by the way, before Uh, we get to the movies? Yeah, actually I am. I am quite a bit. But I mean, I go beyond the WWE as well. No, you get hardcore into the wrestling now. Like, I'm really enjoying Broken Matt Hardy right now. I think he is the most interesting thing when it comes to pro wrestling right now. Just this persona is just insane. Absolute insanity. And just the fact that they're just letting him, they're giving him carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants. I think it's incredible. Um, but as far as like wrestling goes, I think some of the best wrestling right now is uh, Ring of Honor. Because, uh, I mean, it, it's, it takes from wow. New Japan and all that kind of stuff. Like there's a bunch of interesting people in there. Uh, Cody Rhodes is going there within the next couple of weeks. Um, and then uh, Lucha Underground, which is just insanity. Straight up insanity. It's on Robert Rodriguez L. Ray Network. I got, I got e- I'm wearing ECW. Hell yes. Local Vancouver pro wrestling. Huh? Uh, and two guys from ECCW, uh, the Bollywood boys, are uh, were on the uh, CWC and probably will have a contract with the WWE within the next six months. Yeah. 
That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so they looked great in their performance. Obviously, they lost in the first round each of them, but they were against really, really good, good fighters. So good wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What you gonna do, brother? Yes, exactly. But yeah, I am definitely really enjoying the wrestling. Uh, you are some stuff more than others. Honestly, some stuff in the WWE programming has been a little bit lacking. But uh, we have a small slate of movies this week, right? Yeah, so uh, good. you want to grind some gears and get going? Let's grind some gears, Steve. All right, let's talk movies. Yeah, let's let's talk some movies. Uh, the first movie this week is uh, kind of the return of Clint Eastwood, who uh, killed me with uh, America Sniper, a movie that I absolutely hated. But uh, this time, he takes the true story of Chesley Sullenberger, a airline pilot who uh, had to make a detour and land his plane in the Hudson River. It was called The Miracle in the Hudson. Here's a clip. What if I did blow this? What are you saying? What if I didn't get this wrong so close to the end of my career? If I endangered the lives of all those passengers? Sully, watch the news. You're a hero. And everyone's going to have to get used to it, including the NTSB. Worst case scenario. The NTSB lists me as the probable cause. That's immediate retirement, no pension. My life's work gone. Okay, you're scaring me now, Sully. What is going on? The left engine might have still been idling. And the Airbus simulations say I could have made it back to LaGuardia safely. But that doesn't make sense. Jive with every everything I felt in the cockpit. Then why did you do it, Sully? Yeah. So just so there's no confusion, the movie is called Sully. Um, yeah. It is about the miracle on the Hudson, which is what the media. I mean, the media has got to make a fucking name out of it, right? Yeah. So this yeah. is what they chose to go with. Uh, Tom Hanks is is in it as, as Sully. Uh, you also got Aaron Eckhart. Uh, uh, Laura Linney, who's the wife in that scene there. And, Anna Gunn. And Anna Gunn, who almost doesn't get a lot of dialogue until like almost the end. Yeah. Wow. Where, where it's just like, oh, right, we should give her lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's from Breaking Bad. We should probably yeah, give her some lines. We should probably give her something. She's Skylar White. We should yeah. give her something. Um, the movie, I, you know what? The movie's okay. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Um, the movie just premiered at uh, Tuleride and got like a standing ovation. They're talking Oscars for for uh, for Eastwood and for Hanks and stuff. And uh, I don't see it. I don't see Oscar in this movie. I see a good movie. Uh, they also screened it for us in IMAX, which is yeah. Why was this movie shot in IMAX I don't. when most of it was just like it was shot in like boardrooms and like hotels. inside of hotels. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't. For for the, I mean, because the the plane sequence is great. Like it, it's a really nice looking plane sequence, and for the lo for the most part, Tom Hanks carries this entire film. Yeah, he's was, the reason this film's good. Absolutely, yeah. totally agree. Tom Hanks is excellent. Mm -hmm. uh, is it his best performance? No, I mean Tom Hanks can be in any film. He does a great job. He, he's, it's Tom Hanks doing. Yeah. You know. A guy with white hair and a, and a mustache. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, 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 not, it's not deep Forrest Gump like character work no. in this one. This one's more just like Tom Hanks with a with a duster and a different. Oh, hair. he's trying to be as real as possible so you yeah. can kind of feel sympathetic to to what Solly went through. Mm -hmm. um, here's a guy who is you know taken as a hero, yet was you know put on trial essentially because they didn't they they wanted to make it human error. Mm -hmm. Um, even though it was a freak accident. The the groveling over insurance money 
was something that would they tried to make him a villain. Like they tried to take down their hero, essentially. Yeah. yeah like they that's did. that's what it kind of yeah. And they just, try to smear him. Exactly. Yeah. And um so that was that was kind of riveting because you kind of feel sympathetic to him. And I'd like to read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh I think it would be an interesting story for sure. Um the movie's one of those ones you don't have to rush out to the theater to see, and you especially don't need to go see it on IMAX. <laughs> no. I really don't know why they shot it in IMAX, like I said. It but, seems like a waste of time. But it's one of those movies you can sit at home and watch and, and enjoy. It's a good mm-hmm. movie. It's hard to diss the film. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting story. I, I, I just have a problem with some of the, the like some of the dialogue, the script, yeah. This dialogue was kind of cheesy at points, um, and you know, overall, I mean, yeah, sure, the film's not perfect, but it's it's entertaining enough yeah. because it's a true story and it's such an interesting story. Definitely, too. definitely, and the, yeah, I mean, the, uh, this movie is pretty short; it's like an hour and a half, and Which, it ends very abruptly too. It's yeah. just kind of like credits. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. And I was for glad sure. it was only an hour and a half. It for didn't sure. need to be longer than that. Yeah, because you do feel some of the dialogue stretching the stuff that they put in there. Uh, they put in some backstory for uh, Chesley as well. Yeah, they just they, they do a little bit of that. Like they put scenes in within the movie that just kind of feel like they're like cut and put in there just to kind of take up space yeah. and time. And the the backstory or the exposition on the passengers is dreadful. It's yeah. just it's so bad. Oh, it's the, so bad. The golfing guys. The golfing guys. Oh, there's yeah. And there's Aaron, Eck, Aaron Eckhart has a really nice mustache. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well manicured. Like, mm. like it's like when you admire a really nice lawn. It's kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, you're just like, man, that is. I'm jealous. So where are you sitting on this one? I'm at a three and a half on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's solid. Yeah. Three and a half out of five. It, it's not Oscar worthy. Like if this no. one's going to be in the Oscar picture coming next year, it means that we haven't had a great year in movies, which we haven't really. So it's... I don't know. I don't know. Like when it as as we get closer to Oscar season, if this one's still at the top of the pile, I'm gonna have a I'd, few questions. I I'd think. be surprised. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why it's being touted so much. Maybe because Clint is 86 years old. Maybe and... it's because it. I think it's something to do with that. You know, Clint hasn't had a good movie for a while either. American Sniper was all over the board with with all these award nominations. Propaganda! Yeah, I know. But I, anybody could have directed this movie. I'll say that. Okay. I will say that. There you go. Yeah. Three and a half out of fives. And is that what you're landing? Yeah, let's do that. So 88% Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 76 in Metascore. Uh, that might fluctuate between, uh, probably today when you look at it, it might be a little different. Alrighty, so let's move on to the next film. This is an animated film that was made in Europe. It was called Robinson Crusoe when it was made in Europe. Uh, but then they redubbed it with actors you've never heard of and released it in North America as the wildlife. Take a look. Really? <laughs> land, sweet land. Oh, it's so good to be alive, Ainsley. Bought your uncle! Sea monsters walking on land? Uh-oh. We're in big trouble. Only one thing has two legs. A bird. <laughs> and that ain't no bird I've ever seen. Yeah, he can't even fly. That monster is going to eat Carmelo! What's going on, Ainsley? We gotta do something! Now, hurry! Make as much noise as you can! Very much, right? We have to scare those sea monsters off! Come back here, Ainsley! Stay close together! We don't know what's going on! Mark's pointing out this guy looks like Domino Gleason. 
Yeah, I was. There's no short clips in this, and the trailer's longer. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a long one. Um, so yeah, animated film. Uh, I, I it makes it makes me sad for literature in North America that they're like, no one's gonna understand what the hell Robinson Crusoe is. So let's just call it the wildlife. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no one reads books. Who the who the fuck reads literature anymore? Yeah, no, who knows no who anybody like Treasure Island? Anything? We'll like, just rename it. Just rename it. Package it. Put nobody's in it. Uh, you know the animation's not terrible. We've seen worse this year. Norm uh, Norm of the North was definitely worse, mm -hmm. far worse. Um, this movie, it's nothing more than a thrill ride for the kids. It's 3D. There's a lot of like hardcore Henry's like, side of uh, POV stuff in this film. <laughs> um, it, it, I mean, it's it's it it's, it's good, a fluff Steve. film. It's 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 you know a one and a half, two out of five. Um, I'm going to soapbox a little bit right now because I found well, out something today that really really bothers me. Grinds your gears. That grinds my gears. And <laughs> thank you. And uh, this is the fact that you know we have all these computer animated movies that do get the audiences to go to, to yeah. them that, all the time. Well, I just kind of found out today that. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings yeah. has underperformed so badly right now, and it's an incredible film. It's underperformed so badly that Leica might be folding. What? Yeah, Leica might be bankrupt. Oh no, that's so we terrible. lost traditional stop motion. You, if you've ever seen a stop mo a video of all these people working behind the scenes on a movie like Kubo, yeah. Oh, it's so sad. And it's it just such makes a great me, film. It just makes me so sad. Yeah. Like it really does. And, and then, then something like this comes out and it gets dumbed down for American audiences because, I mean... And Canadian audiences. And Canadian audiences because we don't know what Robinson Crusoe is. I mean, we still need tassels put on fans in live action movies to signal air blowing and all this kind of shit. Because <laughs> it's all dumbed down for the lowest common denominator. And, and, yeah. And we get... I mean, how many how many computer animated films have we gotten this year? Like, Way too many. Yeah, and then how many stop motion animated films? One. And nobody went to go see it. And so, you should. And when yeah. it's available on VOD, and I don't know if it's in theater in your new town. It still is in theaters right is now. It, yeah. If it's in theater in your town, um, go see Kubo and Two Strings. Yeah. Over this. Point. Over yeah. this. 100% over this. This is a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Metascore hasn't even touched it. They're, they're like, we don't even care. So <laughs> that shows you exactly where people are deciding. This on the will be somebody's days. child's babysitter, though. That, that's exactly it. Because Not the it marijuana, is, the it, trailer. <laughs> yes, it is just a it is just a tantalizing thrill ride, kind of like the movie. I should yeah, say it's going to be it. the. It's, yeah, that's about it. Lots of babysitters that's, for kids. Yeah, that's about it. All right, so let's move to the third uh, and final uh, of the uh, wide releases. We still got one uh, limited release. Uh, this is uh, out from Sony Pictures. So do you think they screened it for us? No. Nah. But this is uh, Regina King and Morris Chestnut and Theo Rossi's in there somewhere. This is called When, uh, when the Bow Breaks. Take a look. Anna, we'd like you I to like stay Theo Rossi. Me too. I think he's the villain in this and one. Yeah. I'd like you to take some time off work. We'll pay you whatever you were making. Work at your car so you don't feel trapped. You or can one of the villains. come and go as you please. Are you serious? Yeah, we talk about it. And we just feel more comfortable knowing that you're here. 
least most of the time. Oh, make and sure you get that there. hashtag in there. Now you because yeah. you want to promote when the bell breaks. When the bell breaks, that's a big you're like, hashtag. You're like, I want, I want everyone to know that I saw this movie in theaters. What wife would be okay having some very attractive young lady okay. living with them? <laughs> ah, sure. It's like those celebrities that get the nannies. <laughs> That are super hot, and they're all surprised when their husband cheats on them with the nanny. You know, it's it, it, they go down the same path all the time in making these type of films. Yeah. I mean, that title right there reminds you of the '90s film with Rebecca De Mornay, The yes. Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Then they, this is also combined a bit with that move, that Beyonce movie from a few years ago, Obsessed, with her and uh, Idris Elba, where they're married, and then Ali Larder, the blonde, comes in and tries to, like, this is my man, and tries to, yeah. like, break them up and stuff. Well, this one, you have the surrogate mother, She that's the young girl there, she's, she's carrying a baby for this couple, and then she becomes dangerously, dangerously obsessed with Morris Chestnut's character, and, yeah. you know, murderous situations ensue and blah blah blah. She goes a little and crazy. Yeah. yeah. There's obviously reason why Sony never screened this for us because it's fucking crap. It, it's just they spent probably 50, 60 million on it and it's shit. It's just a piece of shit. No. So I, I mean do you like does that scene even give you any inkling to want to see that? Movie? I don't know. We talked over it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's because we're that bored. We're just we're just like hey, no, look when at you that watch hashtag. the trailer it looks it looks intriguing. Yeah, I don't know. It looks like straight to VOD to me. It looks like it looks like an episode. A, a, you know, it looks like the underlying story of an episode of Law and Order. Yeah, that's what it fucking looks exactly. like. It's... Who cares? Who cares? And why even put that in theaters? Why not just go go right to VOD? Like it bothers me that that will that will go into theaters and a movie like uh, like Imperium or something will go VOD. Yeah. So it's just. Pfft. Who cares? There's no reviews on this one yet because the embargo is right till 6 a.m. on opening day. They so they just so don't want the reviews. They don't want anybody they, talking please, about nobody this review movie. this movie. <laughs> don't review it. Don't, don't. Just we'll just put it out there. Yeah, people well, will go. Hope for the best, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like taking off the seatbelt and, and waiting for the car crash. Um, all right, so let's get uh, some. I uh, have a limited release. We're landing here. a plane in the Hudson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Just trust, just trust Sully on this one. Um, so uh, playing limited uh, in Vancouver, you're gonna wanna go to the event theater, which is uh, Park Avenue. This is an event movie. Um, this is a documentary uh, that uh, a son made about his father. This is For the Love of Spock. Take a look. It was an interview in 16 out. Magazine. Oh, I think it was the spring of 67. And somehow, accidentally, they published our home address as the mailing address for the fan mail. Within days, the mailman stopped coming. It was a truck that arrived with sacks of mail. And we were answering it. It came into our dining room. We had our dining room table all set up with the mail that we opened and we stuffed envelopes with this early Spock promo picture. It was one of our, fam our family activities, you know, was answering fan mail. Personal life was gone. Yeah, I mean, it started happening very fast. And uh, I'll show you how naive I was at that time. I still had my phone listed in the phone book and my <laughs> address and it was all, you know, I'd never dreamed that there was going to be any, that kind of impact because I'd been on television before mm -hmm. and movies before and I was listed in the phone book. It didn't matter to me. We started getting a lot of fan mail, not only fan mail, but fans coming to our door, knocking down the door. Oh. Uh, we started getting people driving by the house and parking and, and ripping at the shrubbery to have a souvenir, you know, and taking my grass and my leaves and whatever. What? Some of them would knock on the door and ask to be invited in to visit. <laughs> it, it, it got really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it got really crazy for a while. 
What about when you came back to Boston during the Star Trek years? Yeah, that was kind of exciting and a little difficult. Uh, uh, people were following me on the street, and I didn't really want to know people to know where I was living. I was staying with my folks, with your grandparents. Right. And they, they didn't have any idea what Star Trek was. They didn't get it. All they knew was something had happened. Well, how did they react when they saw your haircut? My dad actually thought I was wearing a wig. He had a picture of me as Spock up on the wall in the barber shop, and kids would come in and say, I want a Spock haircut. <laughs> um, I, when it comes to me in film, documentaries and TV documentaries and everything, oh. like I'm autom automatically won over, but this goes so much further than that because this is a pop culture phenomenon. Spock. Like, not just Star Trek in general, but the character, character Spock. of Spock is such a massive piece of pop culture. Mm -hmm. And everything that's come from sci-fi and character acting within sci-fi and stuff. And, and that this movie encompasses it such, so beautifully, I think. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I'm dying to see it because really I, I'm a Star Trek guy for yeah. sure. Uh, I like science fiction and, um, you know... Uh, rest in peace to yeah. Leonard Nimoy. He's yeah. going to be missed. And I think it's just such an interesting story. Just listening to him talk about how fame all of a sudden just kind of came onto him really fast. You know, he had been in shows before, but, you know, could have his name in the phone book, you know, and have an address. And then all of a sudden people are coming to steal his right? leaves. Just not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Getting a piece of him, I'll get the grass. I got <laughs> Leonard exactly. Nimoy's grass, everybody. <laughs> I got some of his sod. I got some of his sod. Yeah, and that's, that's crazy. And then the other aspect that this documentary adds to it is uh, uh, the... The portrait of, of a father made by a son that didn't see eye to eye for most of the, their time together. Really? Because they were estranged for a long time. Uh, let me guess, is it because of how, how he was always gone? Uh, that that's partially it, uh, um, and then all of, uh, Adam Adam Nimoy also kind of went into like in the seventies and eighties and went into a different sort of direction with his life and everything. Yeah, you know, be, you know, Deadhead and became more in, involved in that scene yeah. and everything, and just kind of it didn't gel with with uh, with Leonard at all, right? So yeah. they were actually uh, pretty estranged up into the late two thousands. Wow, even so, this documentary was like a reconnection tool. For him as well, um, which is, is very touching and, and very sweet. So I adored this film, not just, of course, for its pop culture reason, but it also its humanity within and to show what kind of a human being that Leonard Nimoy was. Mm -hmm. Especially like, like when they're, they're, they do a free word association with what does Leonard Nimoy mean to you, and that part just like actually that really got me. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, this one is, go you're going to love this, Trevor. This one's uh, a five. Oh! I'm hoping for the Star Trek sound when we... There we go. <laughs> there we go. So that one's a five. You, uh, If you're a Trekkie, you have to see this movie. Um, very limited? Just, yeah, very, very limited. So this is an event film. You're going to want to go check this one out right away. Um, and even if you're not, but you're just like a pop culture junkie, you will love this film. An event film means it's probably only playing at one theater for one, one showing. One theater, uh, I believe this gets a week. Okay. I believe this gets a week, but yeah. You're gonna wanna check this one out. Nice, man. Yeah, because then it goes onto the VOD and movie channels and all that kind of stuff. But, okay. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. All right, so uh, we have a one VOD review and uh, this is from our, our, 
our friends at VVS that uh, sent me the Blu-ray for this one. Uh, this is uh, a multitude of people, this one including uh, Pierce Brosnan, Justin Chatwin, Danny Masterson, Ashley Green. Uh, this is kind of a, like a drug thriller. The film is called Urge. Take a look. Great. Wait. There is one more thing we have to discuss. We need to discuss the rule. Rules. Not rules. Rule. There's only one. But, uh, it's a doozy. Supposedly, it blows the doors off of anything you've done before. And there's no hangover. Wow. And it's perfect. But you only have one shot. You can only do it once. Wait, you mean once tonight? No, 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 like once ever. What, that doesn't make any sense. I've never heard of any shit like that before. Stupid. Jesus, Joey, can you spell addict? <laughs> we haven't even tried it, it yet. It sounds kind of sketch. I tried it. What? And? You guys try it and tell me. I don't think it's really kicked in yet, but it's supposed to be some next level shit. Yeah? So, um, <laughs> who told you this one-time rule? I mean, do you know, something tells me not everyone's following that rule. <laughs> you guys do what you want. I'm just telling you what they told me. Oh, all right. So basically, Danny Masterson is a mega rich dude who gathers a bunch of his friends, fly out to an island to have a basically crazy party. Yeah, they go to this. Fun. They go to a club, uh, and Pierce Brosnan's there, and he has this drug called Urge which is this weird glow-in-the-dark vial thing that you snort. But basically, it uh, I guess it just does away with all your inhibitions and just makes everything come to the surface, but you're only allowed to do it once. Well, of course, what happens? They do it more than once. They do once. it more than once, and things start to spiral out of control. Then this film starts to get very aggressive, very amped up, yeah. uh, and then like gets super gory. Nice. Like it gets it gets crazy. It, it gets like Sodom and Gomorrah crazy. Oh. Um. You know, it, it, it's like a direct to VOD or whatever. I kind of thought this movie was kind of interesting. Uh, it, it's I think it's worth a watch when it hits Netflix or, or when it you see it on, on VOD and you just want like a quick hour and a half thriller. Um. It is written by Jerry Stahl, who who wrote Bad Boys Two. Okay. Um, it was an interesting film, a uh, neat young cast. One of the cast members, a comedian named Nick Thune, who I never saw as, as, more, as more than a comedian, but now he's, he's very dark in this movie, so I thought that was interesting. Huh. Comedians seem to be able to tap into a dark Oh yeah, they can. A dark spot. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Gotta Robin Williams. Gotta be a crazy Williams. motherfucker to be a yeah. comedian. Seen a lot of things. Louis C.K. is very dark as well, so. Yeah, I, I think it, I thought it was interesting. So I'm saddling on a, uh, like a three, like a lower three. Entertaining. Yeah, it was entertaining. And it, it was a nice uh, distraction for an hour and a half. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, definitely. I so love uh, like yeah, that. Urge. You're going to find that one on your shelves, on your VOD, and probably on Netflix in the next uh, three months, I'll say. All right. Alrighty. So uh, now, speaking of Netflix and VOD, let's get into some uh, Netflix and VOD recommendations. All right, so uh, I, I like Tilda Swinton. I, I think she's she's an interesting actress. She she picks interesting roles, and uh, she there's her and an Italian director made a movie called I Am Love a handful of years back, and uh, they brought a brand new film this year, uh, a bigger splash. It's her, Matthias Schoenarts, Dakota Johnson, and Ray Fiennes. 
Uh, it's a very highly rated movie on, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. I believe it's 89% certified. The movie is called A Bigger Splash. Take a look. When are you finishing yours? Oh, you remember that? Yeah, of course. Los Dos, American journalism in the 21st century. You showed me that amazing Conkite interview. Yeah. yeah. What? You're not giving that up too, are you? You show all that footage, was it? It's lying in a drawer somewhere. Uh, actually, it's in a closet. Five hard drives, but that can wait. Yeah, well, adjust your goals, not the world. Is that the same advice you'd give Penn? No. She's young, but she should change the world any chance she gets. I think the women should change things now anyway. We've had our chance. <laughs> Damn straight. Yeah. So the movie, uh, <laughs> Tilda Swinton plays a singer, like a very avant-garde singer, kind of like Florence the Machine, or, or like Florence the Machine mixed with like David Bowie, like okay. very avant-garde. Um, she's at her her summer home in Italy with her her boyfriend, which is Matthias Schoenarts, because uh, she just had vocal surgery and she needs to be in complete silence. Like she can't speak at all, or it'll, yeah. it may end her career. Um, but everything kind of goes gets a little bit rocky when her uh, her ex boyfriend and former manager, played by Ray Fiennes, Harry, arrives with his newly discovered uh, and highly sexual daughter. Dakota Johnson's character. Oh no. And ends up pushing everybody's buttons and tensions start to rise and stuff, but it's also also got really great conversation in it and really interesting conversation like these these people are uh, at least uh Ray Fine's character and uh and Tillis Winton are supposed to be so embedded in the music scene so they have like interesting stories about recording with the Rolling Stones and like all this kind of stuff like there's some interesting backstories to it all right uh the film is so gorgeous and it doesn't go in the directions that you think it's going to go in and I think it's a very effective drama with a little tinge of thriller to it. I, I really dig this movie. And so that's on VOD? Yes. You can get it on the old iTunes machine. That's right. Yes. Okay. Good, man. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm going I'm to yeah. pick it. I'm I pick don't it think a lot of people saw it. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I like those obscure little yeah, gems. Me too. Me too. Okay. Uh, I'm going Netflix on this one, and I'm going Legend. There's Tom Hardy. And not Tom Cruise. No, not Tom Cruise. Not the <laughs> unicorn one. Uh, it stars Tom Hardy and uh, that other actor you might know of, Tom Hardy. Oh, And Tom uh, Emily Browning. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's about the Cray brothers, the notorious gangsters of East London. Here's a clip. Who are you? I'm Francis. Frank's sister. Yeah, but I recognise you, actually. I recognise you. You was a little bit younger then. You, you could all grown up, didn't you? It happens. What have you got there? A sweet. That's not any sweet, is it? That's the lemon sugar, but that is. My five crack. All right. Hey. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? You're not supposed to chew it. No. How else am I supposed to get to the sherbet bit? By being patient. Nah. Being patient doesn't get you what you want, does it? Huh. So, uh, true story about mm -hmm. the Cray brothers, Ronnie and Reggie Cray. And uh, as you see, Tom Hardy plays both of them. Mm -hmm. That's why we say Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Yeah. Uh, and he's really honestly one of the best parts of this movie. 
Uh, his performance is fantastic. He plays two different brothers. Um, basically, you've got uh, Reggie, who kind of... Is, is Reggie the crazy one? No, Ronnie's the crazy Ronnie's one. Ronnie's the crazy one, right. Yeah. So Reggie's the straight one that we just saw there. Yeah. Kind of just very business-oriented, wants to... At some point, is thinking about kind of going um, straight or getting more legitimate businesses. More business intimidation. Yeah. He just yeah. wasn't wanting to go the route of uh, Ronnie, who is a little bit nuts and basically runs things to shit. Mm -hmm. And just is... Actually, I think he was considered certified crazy. He's schizophrenic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so when Ronnie would go to jail, uh, Reg, or sorry, when Reggie would go to jail, Ronnie would go nuts and basically ruin the business. Mm -hmm. um, really cool movie. I liked it. It's... Um, there's some problems with it, obviously. A few problems. Uh, mm -hmm. The soundtrack. I, when you told me about the score for this film, I think I ruined the first it. time we watched it. <laughs> yeah. And then when I watched it again the other day on Netflix, I couldn't get that out of my head. Oh my god! I put yeah, an the earworm score in is you. terrible. Yeah. I put I put a thought in your head. No, and you're just I like, couldn't oh, stand I it because I didn't really notice it. It didn't really stand out to me the yeah. first time. I was so into the film. Uh, but yeah, now when you watch it, the score is like BBC special. It's something like, like some guy with a <laughs> That warbling trumpet. You're just like, trumpet, oh, yeah. are you fucking serious? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually, believe it or not, it's the highest grossing rated R film in Britain history. It beat out Train Spotting. Wow. So it did get a lot of eyes. Yeah. And, um, Until you know, Train Spotting 2. Right now on Netflix, it seems to be the the month of Tom Hardy because yeah. every one of his films seems to be on Netflix oh, that month. Revenant as well. Revenant <laughs> and yeah it's, it's uh, speaking of Re Revenant Tom Hardy and Paul Anderson who are in this are actually both in the Revenant as well yes. and they're both in Peaky Blinders. Nice. So they've done a lot of uh, work together and uh, yeah so Tom Hardy produced it. It's a good movie. It's a fun movie to watch. If you like the gangster period pieces it's, it's good. If you like Peaky Blinders movies like that um, you know, it's a true story. Now, you were telling me sort of before we came on that there's actually another craze movie out yeah, there. Yeah, there, there was one that I believe was made at the end of the 80s. Uh, it's, a it's a Universal film as well because uh, uh, Legend was uh, distributed by Universal. But this has the uh, the guy, uh, I forgot their name, Martin and something. They're, they're twins. They, they were in a, a new wave group called Spando Ballet who had right. that song True. Yeah. Um, they play the they play the craze and the movie is called The Craze. So, yeah. uh K-R-A-Y-S, craze. Yeah, I yeah. love the gangster flicks. Yeah, me too. And British gangster flicks always get me. For sure. Always yeah. get me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, give, it a, give that one a little bit of a try. It's on Netflix right now. Awesome. All right. So uh, we move from our Netflix and VOD recommendations to give you uh, a little bit of what's going on in the news in Hollywood right now. Hello, and welcome back to another exciting news flash from Flex. All right, cannabis in your life. Alrighty, so Guardians of the Galaxy has wrapped production. The volume two is wrapped production by yeah. now. All, all filming, uh, filming is done. Now they're in. They're in the next stage, so you know Tyler Bates is busy putting the score together. Of course, ILM's definitely doing all the special effects and everything. But one thing that needs to be done is the voicing of Groot by Vin Diesel. And James Gunn, the director and writer of the film, has teased the recording with uh, Vin Diesel by showing the the top page of Vin Diesel's script. 
And now when you're thinking about Groot, you're thinking the script is just gonna be I am Groot over and over again in the script. That's not exactly the case. What is there is what Groot is trying to say through I am Groot and Vin Diesel gives it that inflection of what he's saying. Yeah, makes sense. Which is my point of kind of saying that isn't that an interesting actor? Like, isn't that give you more faith in Vin Diesel as, as a voice actor that he's able to kind of put emotion and context into three words? Okay. I well, just think that's really kind of interesting. Have you seen Iron Giant? Yes, which is excellent. Yeah, I think Vin, people forget. Vin Diesel did great. a great job in Iron Giant as well. Exactly. Voice actor. He's got that voice, that, yeah. you know, that distinctive voice that makes it work. So. Yeah, and, I, and apparently he had a very uh, adverse emotional reaction to it as well. He was he got very emotional about the script. So, how excited are you for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two at this point? Oh, dude! I mean, come on! It's <laughs> one of the most anticipated movies since Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, we we didn't even know how anticipated Guardians of the Galaxy. No, but was. since we watched it, now mm -hmm. we can't wait to see the second one. Yeah, and exactly. it's next year. Yeah, exactly. It's so close, but yeah. so far, so close. Rogue so One's kind of, closer, though. <laughs> that's kind of interesting, though, that they did that with the script. That's yeah. It's kind of it kind of proves that you know it's not just Vin Diesel saying I'm Groot. Exactly. And yeah. you know they can't just go back and use some of his old audio of no. I'm Groot and put it in the. There's film. no recycling. There's no. no recycling. And I think uh, Vin Diesel is one of those actors that catches a bad rap, but I think this is kind of something that would elevate him into a good. Just wish he'd stop doing those Fast and Furious movies. That's all <laughs> those I care about. Those aren't going to be stopping. Oh, those God. won't be stopping. All right. Uh, so I'm going to take a poll quote right now. Okay. I would rather cut my wrists than play James Bond again. Daniel Craig said that last year. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. $150 million this man was offered to do two more Bond movies. Is he going to retract the statement about him cutting his wrist in this, for that and take $150 million? I probably would, even if the movie was shit. You know what, though? Right? $150 million could definitely uh, stitch up those wounds that you've cut your wrist and, with. And make it look like you never did it. You could it. buy a whole new hand. Yeah. <laughs> you could buy eight new hands. You could just have a just a house of hands. Okay, now he says he was misquoted. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, how do you, you misquote, misquote that. that? <laughs> yeah, honestly. <James. laughs> yeah, right? Um, but it's crazy. I know. It's um, Something Especially... tells me that there was some um, posturing at play here. Yeah, I would say so. If you're so, his agent. And why are you saying that during the promotion of your movie? Yeah, like, you know, maybe really? he was just tired of it, but after a couple of years, people have been saying, oh, maybe Daniel Craig will, will jump back in again. How it's, could you turn down that yeah, kind of money? It, you're going to be crazy. I mean, he, he's newly married to, to Rachel Weiss in the last few years and stuff. And like, yeah. He's got a family to support. He's got a family. So, yeah, why, why the hell not? Uh, and it's, it's really funny that this offer drops, especially when they've been talking about Tom Hiddleston for a bit and all these other... Aiden Turner's been thrown around. Yeah, it's just like all these different Tom actors. Tom Hardy's been thrown around. See, when I watched Legend, actually, funny enough, my wife said, oh, he would make a really good James Bond. Yeah, he... You know what? In his, in his facial... In his facial features and stuff, he looks a little too rough to me to be Bond. But... You know. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston would be all right, too. I think Tom Hiddleston would be really good. And if anyone's seen The Night Manager, you can kind of extrapolate that he'd be a, a really good choice. But, you know, he, he's getting over his fake relationship with Taylor Swift right now. So uh, I wonder how much he got paid for that. Eh? Probably a lot of money because that relationship, they're acting like it's real, but that relationship was fucking phony. You can just see, it looks as flimsy as cardboard. It was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so our, our third one, um, Mel Gibson's uh, Hacksaw Ridge has... Had, had its premiere. It premiered in Venice. 
um, and got a 10 minute standing ovation after the film. And I'm gonna say this, as much as every, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood and everybody else is supposed to, you know, shake their finger and hate Mel Gibson, the guy makes really good movies. Makes freaking amazing <laughs> makes movies. Makes such good movies. And then he disses really bad movies. Yeah. Did you hear what he said about Batman versus Superman? A piece of shit. He called it a piece of shit. Oh. God bless you, yes, Mel Gibson. Thank you, Mel. Because I, I think Hacksaw... No, Hacksaw, I was going to say Hacksaw Ridge might be Warner Brothers, but I don't think it is. I think God has blessed Mel Gibson. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. This is some of the iffy territory we're getting into. Yeah. But I, as far as a filmmaker goes, and as far as an actor goes, I enjoy Mel Gibson. I always have. Yes. Always have. Sure. He, he got drunk one night and said some... Said sugar tits. And, you know, and, and some stuff about the Jews. Who doesn't do that <laughs> on a Saturday night when they're drunk? I mean, Really? I mean, it's tough to ignore that, you know what I'm saying? But, mm -hmm. you know, he, he had a substance abuse problem. Well, Ricky Gervais made that joke at the Golden Globes. Did he? And, yeah, about, about that he said some stuff, and, and Mel Gibson came out, and he goes, I don't know who that guy was. Yeah, and he actually, you know, he handled that really well. I think he did. I think yeah. he did. He's and you know been handling what? the anger very well, I think, in the last little bit, and, and directing it where it needs to go. Hence, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So. Are you are you excited about Hacks oh, Ridge? So excited! I am now all of a sudden too. I, what I heard is the movie is kind of split up. In the first part, it's like kind of like about uh, Andrew Garfield's character's like faith and the reasoning behind what he's doing and everything because he becomes a pacifist in the war. He doesn't want to shoot, kill anybody, um, so he has no weapons and everything in this war. But he's in, a medic, right? But he, he's also a medic as well. Yeah. Um, the, and the the first part of the the movie is kind of about like his stance in life and everything, and yeah. then I heard that the next part is like the war and like the violent like will uh, like uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson violence. violence, yeah, and he likes authenticity to yes. like, everything, yes, his fight scenes, everything. He doesn't, he's not a big CGI guy. No. He oh. hates CGI, so yeah. he he everything's very authentic. It'd be really interesting to see, yeah. So what I'm this excited. movie's gonna look like? I think we get it in November. I think so. Yes, think it's so. coming out soon. So I'm excited for this one, and that one just makes me even more excited. It'd be hilarious if he got an Oscar nomination. I would just change everything around. I don't think right? he. I would be curious if he would. You know, if, if Sully gets nom the nomination over Hacksaw Ridge, we have probably problems then. We haven't <laughs> seen the movie yet, though, so I can't like fully back that up. But, but you know, last year Clint was... over over Mel. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. a tough call. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when it comes in November. All right. So we're almost ready to get out of here and wrap up the show. But before we do that, we like to relax, light up, and give you our stoner picks. All right. So I was going through the Netflix uh, queue, and I noticed something brand new on there. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. man, this is a really great throwback. See, because, you know, in, in the start of the YouTube era and all that kind of stuff, I got really hooked on, uh, some, uh, on viral videos called Camp Kill Yourself, shortened down to CKY, which was Bam Margera and his crew kind of uh, just doing stunts. crazy stupid stunts, stupid sketches, all this kind of stuff, and just rolled up into one. All these Westchester, Pennsylvania kids doing whatever the hell they want, which actually included Baron Corbin, who's a WWE superstar now. Yeah. Um, and uh, they went on to get a big contract with uh, MTV. They had a great guy who was really unknown at the time named Johnny Knoxville to be their uh, their host and their, their leader, and they became jackass. And then they made... One movie, two movies, and three movies, and that third movie is now on Netflix. Take a look at the scene. Oh, 
I've seen it. I just said old man because it's Ryan Dunn. That's a tame stunt yeah, compared a very to what they stunt. normally do. Well, a lot of those other sequences are like, uh, like clips are like four minutes. It's like four funny, they're minutes. getting older now too, so they it's hard for them to do that shit. It is, but do you know what? If you look at IMDb, uh, Jack, Jackass 4 is listed. Really? That's 2017. Oh, yeah, so Speaking of might, shit, there was might, a scene with the, the outhouse. The poo, oh, there's that. There's also the poo volcano. There's a bunch of stuff, because I, me and my, my fiance at the time went to go see it in 3D in theaters. Yeah. And there's some sequences in that that we were like, oh, okay, okay. I think we might be out. Uh, this this movie is just straight up insanity. It is turn your brain off and laugh your ass off. Um, I, I picked a scene there with a random hero himself, Ryan Dunn, who passed away a handful of years ago in a car accident. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, this this movie is just fun. It's just so much fun. And there's, there's no intellect behind it. It's just no. fun. Really, it's, it's it's yeah. There's definitely no intellect. No behind zero it. intellect, but it's just pure fun. <laughs> you gotta it's be stoner complete, fun. You gotta whatever. be completely ripped and pretty like, much like couch lock. Like you're laying down couch lock and like teenager mentality to yeah. really enjoy that. Yeah, let's let's diminish some brain cells on this one. I'm gonna bring some sophistication to our are. stoner flex, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Because last week was Danger Five, so this week. <laughs> I decide, I don't know about you, but when I get baked, sometimes I like watching the National Geographic channel or like, I like watching nature yeah. stuff, like, you know, nature shows. Oh, for sure. So I remember when this came out, it was called Planet Earth and it was the Blu-ray, it was Blu-ray and uh, it was right around the time where HD was a big thing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you had David Attenborough who narrated it. Um, oh man, I love his voice. He's a great... At, I can't do David Attenborough. <laughs> Never mind. You're not even going to try. <laughs> but Sigourney Weaver did the, uh, also narrated it for the American version. Mm -hmm. Here in Canada, we got the David Attenborough version. Um, it's 11 episodes. Each, it was, uh, I think each one's about 55 minutes long. It was five years to make. Um, they go through everything. They go through the polar mountains, the caves, deserts, plains, everywhere around the world. That's just fantastic places mm -hmm. to look at. They watch nature. Uh, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, whales, um, <laughs> whales, every single creature you could think of, uh, even the wallaby, even, <laughs> um, basically it's a visually stunning nature show, it's mm -hmm. one of the best nature movies I think we've ever seen, and I've caught a clip so we can see a little bit of planet earth. love their slow-mo stuff. The HD cameras they had to operate with. The one the one on like line on the lines and stuff. But that's one of my favorites. Yeah, this is a really good program. Oh man. Yeah, the cave stuff. Yeah. I look cave's my favorite episode, I think. Especially the huge pile of shit. <laughs> the massive pile of shit with the uh, back end. Yes. And the birds. Yeah. The weird dancing bird that looks like a happy face.
that's sick. That's I so love it. Nice. And oh. uh, it's what's great about it is after each episode, there's a little featurette that shows you how they got these shots. And man, they spend a lot of time and energy to get the perfect, perfect shots. They, Something that astounded me was planes when they're just just two guys laying under a thing for days. Yeah, just trying to get a hunt or you know a, a migration or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, and yeah. so I remember when this was like in HD. Oh my God, it's so visually stunning. It's in HD. Give it a try, man. If, if you have it, buy it on Blu-ray. If, it might even be on Netflix or VOD. I think I'm not it is, sure. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it's it's well worth the time to smoke a joint and watch nature shows. Yeah, gives you a whole appreciation for our world. Definitely. I and then if you go beyond that, Blue Planet, which is like about the oceans. Another and stuff one, like that. yeah, really nice one as well. Yeah, anything time BBC gets into nature. You're, you're guaranteed to have something Disney's really kind of copied it a little bit yeah. as well with their Disney nature stuff, which is pretty solid. But they focus, they do more features. They do it more of like a story based on like whatever creature that I, they're yeah. following. I still haven't seen Monkey Kingdom yet. Monkey Kingdom is pretty good. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one. Another one to get big too. Yeah, yeah for sure. no doubt. I, 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 I'm a guy who was raised on Lauren Green's Wild Kingdom. Hell yes. Yes. Hell yes. God yeah. rest his soul. Damn, that's right. Uh, yes. but he, he, and the Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but yeah nature shows awesome that's that's yeah and the netflix has kind of got such a wicked lineup of all that kind of shit well that brings us to you know a shorter uh you know release week uh, episode of uh flicks anonymous this was episode 43 the why not raven or what about raven episode I can't wait till it's my turn. I, yeah, I know it's it's coming. It's coming. Good pick though, Raven. Thank yeah. you. I thought so. I thought I almost should have sat, sat here sulking for a little bit and <laughs> to make it a real Raven episode. But uh, of course, you can find our show on the Cannabis Life Network. We have the 420 Golf Tournament coming out on September 11th, so uh, check out CLN for that as well. We're on the LeagueOfManChildren.com. We're also on the Daily Hive as well. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at the Dead. I'm on Twitter at Trev Duick. And what do we got going on next week? Well, we just got five movies next awesome. week. Three of them in uh, in wide release. Uh, Bridget Jones making her return. Oh, good. The Blair Witch is coming back. What? what? This is crazy. Uh, and then NSA is biggest worry gets his own biopic. Shh. Um, <laughs> we don't say his name here. No, we don't. No, no. no be careful when you talk about that triangulation and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. we, there's a documentary about uh, the touring years of the Fab Four, um, and then a Canadian drama with Sharon Carter from uh, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah, eh? and uh, that's about it from all of us here at Flix Anonymous. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Hey, you crazy cinephiles. Thanks for listening to Flicks Anonymous. We can be heard weekly on FanCityBuzz.com and LeagueOfManChildren.com. Feel free to send us nasty and abusive social media messages on Twitter at FlixAnon. If you need more characters to tell us how much we suck, you can find Flicks Anonymous on Facebook. Until next week, may your weed be sticky and your scotch be hoppy.